What's up, everyone? It's your boy Rob here. Welcome to the Flame Entertainment and Sports. It is a entertainment edition of the podcast. If you listen to my sports one on Tuesday, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. If you haven't and you're a sports fan, make sure to check it out. And if not, don't worry about it if you're not a sports fan because today's all about entertainment. So on today's show, I'm going to be getting into three topics. I'm going to be talking about night two of season 32 of Dancing with the Stars, giving my opinions on, on all the dances of the night, and including the, the couple that got eliminated. Then I move on to some talk about Taylor Swift. Um, I cover Taylor and Travis Kelsey, of course. Talk a little bit about uh, Taylor and Sophie Turner's recent um, close friendship, I guess you could call it, following Sophie's divorce from Joe Jonas. Also get into some Taylor, Olivia Rodrigo drama. Um, there's some Demi Lovato, Sabrina Carpenter talk as well. And then the final topic on today's entertainment episode, I give a little update on some recent news on Pete Davidson as he will be returning to Saturday Night Live as a special guest for their first episode back since the writer's strike. Um, so yeah, those are my topics on today's show. Make sure to check out the description of, of the podcast today to, so that you know exactly when I'm going to talk about each of these topics so you know exactly when to tune in. But with that said, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's get into it. All right, guys, on this portion of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about night two of Dancing with the Stars season 32. It was the Latin night edition of this brand new season of the show. And I thought it was a, another incredible episode of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, for those of you that didn't tune in last week to our entertainment episode, um, I went over my thoughts on each couple on night one. And uh, I'm going to be doing the same today, of course, on uh, on night two of the show, or week two, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I thought it was another amazing episode. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do exactly what I did last week. I'm going to be going couple by couple, um, starting off with the, the first couple that danced uh, in, in night two. And I'm going to be giving my score and then the actual score that they received from the judges. So first off was Lele Pons and Brandon Armstrong, Lele um, I thought she had an, a very energetic um, performance. I think her and Brandon are a great partnership, and I, I see a bright future ahead for them. Ultimately, the score I gave them was an 18, and the judges thought even uh, more high, highly of the dance than I did. Uh, they received a 21. So a great uh, night two score for, for Lele and Brandon. Next up was Tyson and Jenna. Um, Tyson, of course, last week... Uh, he he was tied at the bottom of the of the of the scoreboard. Um, I thought he was gonna go home, but I do have to say, um, the hard work has paid off for Tyson, as we saw much improvement, uh, this week uh, in week week two of the season. Um, I ended up giving him and Jenna a score of seventeen, and they ultimately ended up getting an eighteen. So the judges thought uh, highly of their of their dance as well. And yeah, just uh, I just wanted to give a random shout out to Jenna because she's just. She's incredible to watch, and yeah, she's a badass out there on the, the dance floor. Then next up was Barry Williams and Peta. So Barry and Peta, I think in uh, night one of, of, of this season, they surprised a lot of people. I think Barry really showed that he's a, he's not just an actor and that age doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to do good things on, on this show. And yeah, he, he started off with a, a great night one. 
Um, I was highly impressed again. I thought he had a great performance. The judges disagreed with me on that. Um, I, I don't understand why, because like I said, I thought they were great, but at the end of the day, like I said last week, it is their job. It's not my job My job to give the score. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, Barry and Peter, um, I gave them an 18. Um, they ended up getting a 15. Then next up, we had Adrian Peterson and Britt. So, Adrian and, and Britt, um, I would say uh, this was a down uh, week uh, in comparison to their week one performance. I thought in week one, um, they're arguably like the fourth best couple. Today, I, I, I mean – on Tuesday, sorry, not today. <laughs> Tuesday, um, sorry, I got I got confused there with the days because I actually uh ended up seeing this uh late Wednesday night because Tuesday uh my Miami Marlins favorite my favorite baseball team they they had a playoff game so I was watching that that's why I got mixed up with the days but yeah we go back to Adrian and Britt so yeah I thought uh on Tuesday that they weren't as good as they were in night one um I saw a regression rather than progression but hopefully. You know, hopefully they're able to get better as the as the show goes on. Um, I ended up giving Adrian and Britt a score of 15, and that's exactly what they received from the judges. Following Adrian and Britt, we had Mira and Gleb. I, I would put Mira in that ca category with Barry Williams uh, last week. I think Mira really uh, surprised uh, not only the judges, but the whole viewing audience of Dancing with the Stars, and she really came out with a great opening night uh, performance. Um, this week, I would say it wasn't the, the same. Um, the judges did disagree with me, but I mean, I ended up giving Mira and Gleb a 15 and they received an 18. So me and the, and the judges were split here. I'm Barry and Peter and Mira and Gleb. <laughs> and next up was arguably, uh, I would say, in my opinion, it was the second uh, best dance of the night. And that was Sochi and Val. Um, I thought they had an incredible opening night performance. I was very high on them last week. Um, I my my score very much exceeded what they received from the judges, and today, uh, they're I mean, like I said, sorry to get mixed up again with the days. Uh, not today. Um, on Tuesday, they were even better than they were in night one. Um, actually, yeah, I I think I ended up giving them the same score last week. Uh, I gave them a twenty three last week, and um, I gave them a twenty three again. Uh, this week, uh, they ultimately uh, received a twenty four, which uh put them at. At the top of the leaderboard, tied with another couple that we'll, that we'll get to uh, later on in, in the show. But yeah, Sochi and Val, another incredible performance. And I just think the sky is the limit for them. And they should be seen as one of the contenders on uh, season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. Next up was Ariana Maddox and Pasha. So Ariana and, and Pasha, they had arguably the best uh, night one dance. Uh, they did an incredible job, I would say, this week. Wasn't as good. Um, it was. It's not that it was like bad, but I just feel that Ariana is such a, a good dancer, and like there's so many high expectations that um, it was kind of a letdown just because of that. But uh, it wasn't necessarily her. I just think overall, it just seemed like a, I would say like a boring, um, I don't know, just kind of a boring number. I don't know if it has to do with the style of dance or anything like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I know they're going to be fine. Uh, Ariana, Pasha, I, I'm pretty confident that they will make it to the end of this show. And, yeah, I can't wait to see what they, they come out with in, uh, in week three of uh, season 32. They I, I gave them a 16 uh, for, for their night two dance. Uh, the judges thought high, more, uh, more highly of their performance than I did as they received a 20 on the night. So good for them. Next up was um, Mauricio Umansky and Emma Slater. So Mauricio last week, um, I thought he was much better than what the judges 
um, Thai. Um, ultimately, I mean, he he advances uh, to week two, and um, unfortunately, at, in the middle of the performance, he actually forgot the the routine. Um, so I mean, it it it, it was like, kind of sad to see because you you know you don't want to see any of these people uh, forget or or feel embarrassed or uh, get down on themselves. At the end of the day, uh, all, all these people that come out dancing with the stars, they're doing something that. Um, they've never really, you know, done in their lives. Like, obviously, we we could all all of us could go dance in a party, but like, we haven't done what what they're doing here. Like, putting in in uh countless hours of practice, um, performing in front not in front of a live studio audience, and also uh, performing in front of millions of people worldwide watching the show. So you never want to see that happen. Fortunately for Mauricio, after he forgot the step, uh, his partner Emma was able to be calm in the middle of the dance and help him get back into it. And as soon as he remembered, he did finish it off good. Um, ultimately, I, I gave Mauricio and Emma an 11, now solely because he forgot. Uh, like like I said, other than that, like he once he re- remembered a little towards the end, he did do better. Um, and the judges gave them a, a 12, which I believe, yes, it was the lowest score of the night, which of course makes sense because he forgot the, the routine. But um, I'm hoping that Mauricio is, uh, and Emma are able to have a bounce back performance in uh and week three of the show. Following them was uh, one of my favorite couples uh, on this season. Um, I, I, it's not a video podcast, but I wish it was because I'm smiling right now. But that is uh, Allison Hannigan and Sasha Farber. Uh, just an amazing duo in general. Uh, besides dance, uh, two very great personalities, a lot of charisma and charm, uh, two very funny people. And just like, they just seem like like great people to hang out with. So, <laughs> And um, I was, I'm very happy to say that Allison had a tremendous uh, bounce back performance. I thought she was good in night one, but in night in night two or week two, she was even better. Um, she really, you could tell she really um, listened to what the judges recommended. Um, after her her night one performance, uh, she put in the work, and it very much show, showed. So I just can't wait to see uh, her progression throughout uh, the season. But like I said, yeah, one of my favorite couples. So it was, it was so awesome to see them have such a great uh, performance together. Um, I gave I gave uh, Allison and Sasha a 19, and that's exactly what they received from the judges. Following Allison and Sasha, we had Charity and Ezra Sosa. So Charity's original partner is Artem, but unfortunately, a couple of days ago, Artem tested positive for COVID. So Ezra Sosa, who's part of the Dancing with the Stars troupe for the last couple of seasons, he stepped in for Artem. And uh, yeah, I just want to say congratulations to Ezra on his first official dance as a pro. Um, he did an incredible job. Um, yeah, Charity and Ezra, they, they did an incredible incredible performance here in uh, Latin night of season 32 of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Um, ultimately, I gave them a 20. I thought they were one of the best uh, dances of the night, and they received a 21. Uh, yeah, Charity seems like she really has the, the makings to, to go really far in this competition and even compete for that Len, Len Goodman Mirabal trophy. So, it's going to be fun to see her progression. And, and yeah, I mean, once again, shout out to Ezra. And, uh, yeah, wishing all the best for Artem. I hope he uh, feels better soon. And he's able to get uh, back on that dance floor as soon as possible with uh, his partner, Charity Lawson. Next up was one of arguably the fan favorite on social media. Um, it was Harry and Riley. Um, yeah, if you go on social media, um, they're, I mean, everyone's buzzing about uh, Harry and Riley. Of course, Harry the reality star and influencer and Riley, the younger sister of Lindsay Arnold. 
um, her first season as a pro dancer. Um, yeah, I gave Harry and Riley a 13. I thought uh, Harry, um, it kind of reminded me of night one. I was kind of explaining it to my sister, Diana, uh, before I started recording here. But on night one, I felt that Harry was kind of tense and nervous, which, of course, I think we all would be. Uh, it was completely normal. But as soon as there was a part where he ripped off his shirt, you kind of saw that confidence come out and you could tell he was having fun. And that led to him doing better. I thought uh, it was the same thing in, in week two. Um, I felt in the beginning portion of, of the dance, he was kind of, um, what do you call it, kind of tense and nervous and not really uh, letting loose, you could call it. But then there was a part where him and Riley weren't like holding hands anymore. They were kind of dancing side by side, like next to each other. And that's what, really when I saw Harry gain his confidence back and put it out there on that dance floor. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, with that said, yeah, I gave him a 13. They, they received a 15 on the night. Um, yeah, what I like is that in, in these first two dances, they haven't been the best, whatever, but that Harry, at, at least like towards the end of them, you see him let loose. So hopefully uh, week three is when he finally, you know, from the beginning, he, he let, he, he's able to let loose, be confident, because I really think if that confidence is there, uh, he has a shot to go a long way um, in this competition. Following Harry, Harry and Riley was uh, Jamie Lynn Spears and Allen Burstyn. Um, and yeah, Jamie Lynn and Allen um, in night one, I thought they're, you know, middle of the pack. I thought they were good. Um, not the best, but not bad at all. I thought they were, like, good enough, you know what I mean, to compete on this show. Um, ultimately, uh, week two wasn't the same story. Um, I just felt it was uh, not as entertaining, I guess you could say, as uh, their night one performance. But, I mean, it happens, you know what I mean? You're going to have off nights. Um, ultimately, I gave Jamie Lynn and Allen a 13, and they received a 16 from the judges. And then the final couple of the night, save the best for last, Jason Mraz and Daniela. What an absolutely amazing performance. Um, one of my favorite performances that I've ever seen on Dancing with the Stars. I gave them a, a perfect 30. Um, they ended up receiving a 24, which tied them with Sochi and Val for the highest score on uh, Latin night of season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, yeah, Jason, I said it night one. Um, and I'll say it again. He is not just a superstar singer. He's also a superstar dancer. And Daniela, of course, is an absolute badass. I talked about it um, after night one as well. That she just knows exactly how to bring the best out of her partners. Um, she seems like a great coach in general and really gives them instills confidence and lets them have fun at the same time. And while, while you know, while wanting them to do the right movements and steps, she also lets them have fun, but um, yeah, I'm just like overly impressed uh, right now by Jason Mraz and Daniela. I mean, uh, I have to call them the favorites. Uh, I mean, they, they're just incredible. Like I said, I gave them a perfect score and it, it was only night two of the show. Like that, that's not a normal thing. Um, you know, maybe you get, you start getting perfect scores, you know, maybe week four uh, earliest, you know what I mean? But night two. I mean, wow, Jason, Daniela, absolutely. Like I said, Dance with the Stars, you guys saved the best for last on, on Latin night because what a way to end the show, Jason and Daniela. All right, so now that I got all the scores out of the way, um, so on our last entertainment episode, um, after going score by score, I uh, went into the bottom two by predicting who I think would be in the bottom two and who actually was in the bottom two. Unfortunately, um, a, a little portion of that is going to have to change uh, for today's episode because 
I accidentally got spoiled um on Tuesday night. Um there was a commercial break during the Marlins game, Marlins playoff game, and I uh, opened Instagram and boom, there it was. Who who the couple of guys eliminated. So as that said, the bottom two ended up being Adrian Peterson and Britt and Jamie Lynn Spears and Allen. And ultimately Jamie Lynn and Allen were eliminated on night two of season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. Um, before I wrap this segment up, I do want to say that I don't remember the last time I teared up during uh, elimination on this show. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been watching for, I, I don't know the exact years, but I'm pretty sure since I was, I would say maybe in, I would say around fifth grade around there, some, something like that. So it's been years, you know. Uh, I'm 24 now. I've been watching yeah since I was around like 11 years old, 12 years old around that. So just imagine how many, you know, how many eliminations I've seen over the years. But yeah, like I said, I don't remember the last time I actually teared up during one. And yeah, um, I've, I've said this on the podcast when I talked about like Jamie Lynn. I've always had like a soft spot for her. I'm a big fan of hers. And I just, it's tough sometimes like to see someone be criticized for every like little thing they do. Um, like I've said on here before too. I, with that said, I am a Britney Spears fan too. Like, I'm not against either one of them, but I just feel that Jamie, the criticism she deserves, like, shouldn't necessarily be directed just at her. Should, other people should be looked at in that whole Britney situation. But it's not. I'm not. I don't want to get into that. But yeah, it, it was like I said. I teared up, so it was tough to see Jamie and Allen go home, and also with Allen. I mean, yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, f- favorite pro dancers on this show. Um, I've been able to meet him and he was just super cool. And, you know, he has a great personality, super funny. And man, it, it was very tough. Um, A comparison I have in terms of like the last time I can remember really like tearing up during an elimination on one of these shows. Um, Go, go back to way back. Uh, I don't know the exact season, but it was American Idol. I believe I was... I want to say maybe 11, 12 years old. I'll never forget when uh, Pia Toscano, she was eliminated um, on her season of American Idol. That really made me tear uh, tear up. And I'll never forget. I, immediately after Pia lost, I even like, took a shower and I was super emotional and everything. So I hadn't th- thought of that night in a long time until you know, the moment that Jamie Lynn uh, got eliminated here on Dancing with the Stars. So, yeah, it, it was very tough for me to watch. Um, Very shocking, of course. I didn't expect that at all. Like I said, when I was talking about their performance, like, like yeah, to me, they're better in night one. But, like, I didn't think it was, like, so bad that, oh, they're, they're going to get eliminated now. And, you know, they're they're gone. Like, I didn't I didn't expect that whatsoever. Uh, but, yeah, um, I want to say, again, like, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Jamie Lynn and, I just want to say, like, she should be proud of herself for putting herself out there, not only doing something that she's never really done. Like, obviously, she's not a dancer. She's a, a great actress. She's done some singing um, here and there. And, yeah, I mean, she should just be proud um, that she tried something new um, in front of millions of people. But not only that, even with the uh, constant, like, criticism she receives and all the negativity thrown her away, she still put that aside and was able to, yeah, was able to put herself out there um, in front of the world and, yeah, and try something, like I said, that she had never really done before. 
And yeah, she should just be really proud of herself. And I wish her all the best uh, now and, and going forward. And uh, yeah, Jamie Lynn, you, know, you did a, an incredible job. And yeah, like I said, I wish you nothing but the best. And yeah, same goes to Allen. Like I said, he's one of my favorites. And I know he'll be he'll bounce back next season and he'll he'll be great. But yeah, that wraps up uh, my thoughts on night two of season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. Make sure to tune in next Thursday for my thoughts on season on, on night three of season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. All right, guys. So for the next portion on today's show, I'm going to be talking about Taylor Swift. So, of course, Taylor, she's been mainly in the headlines for her new romance with Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Um, I covered it on both episodes last week. I covered it again on our sports episode from uh, this past Tuesday, and now I'm going to be covering it again on uh, today's entertainment episode of the podcast. So, yeah, uh, Taylor, she just attended Travis's uh, Sunday night football game at MedLife Stadium in New York against the New York Jets. She was there with a star-studded crew that included Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Sophie Turner, Sabrina Carpenter, and even Brittany Mahomes, who is uh, the wife of Chiefs uh, superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, I said a couple of fun facts on the sports episode for this week. For those of you that didn't uh, tune in, I'll say them again now. But like I said, she had that star-studded crew with her during that Sunday night football game. The game ended up having over 27 million viewers, which made it the most watched Sunday show of the year since the Super Bowl, which is absolutely incredible because the Super Bowl always, you know, has the highest ratings of the year. But to say, think that a random Sunday night football game had almost as many viewers as the Super Bowl, just incredible and just shows the worldwide impact and love and power that Taylor Swift has uh, attained throughout her incredible career. Uh, another couple of fun facts to mention. So from Taylor attending Travis's game a week prior against the Chicago Bears and now following her her attending this Sunday night football game, Travis has increased his Instagram followers by over a million followers. He had around 2.8 million followers. And following the Sunday night football game that Taylor was at, he is now over 3.8 million followers. And I put in here in my show notes, I put in parentheses, the Taylor Swift effect. It's just incredible. The Taylor Swift effect on the overall viewing for the NFL, on Travis's fan base and following now on social media. And yeah, it's just incredible. Um, I'll say it again, like I said on the sports episode, but there's even like Swifties now are even buying Travis's uh jerseys and they're actually customizing it. Like they're getting the 87 Chiefs jersey, but instead of Kelsey, they're putting Swifty on it. So I thought I'd mention that again because I find that just like so cool. Like how how the Swifties are just so loyal to Taylor and you know, and they're they're just with her and and, and any all, all, every decision she makes, they're they're completely with it and they don't argue, they don't have issues with it, and they just go along with it. So they're super supportive of Taylor, and it's just so cool to see how much they love her. And, and yeah, it's just incredible. <laughs> um, But, yeah, other than that, uh, in terms of Taylor, yeah, prior to that Sunday night football game, she had been seen um, spotted in New York a, a couple of times. Um, 
hanging out with Ryan Reynolds and then multiple times hanging out with Blake Lively. Um, and yeah, it's just cool to see over the years how Taylor um, has grown like so close with Blake and Ryan. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Blake Lively because Gossip Girl is one of my favorite shows of all time. So super cool. Um, of course, it's super cool to see freaking Taylor Swift at an NFL game. It's just incredible. As uh, so I'm such a huge NFL fan and I'm such a huge entertainment fan. I've been following Taylor, you know, since I was a, since I was a little kid. So it's super cool, obviously, to see her. But I also see Blake Lively with her and to see them like celebrating like touchdowns and stuff. It's just like, who would have thought? You know what I mean? And like I said, I love Blake because of Gossip Girl and. Yeah, seeing her there, having a good time with Taylor is just, like, so awesome. And uh, Something I want to talk about, too, is that Taylor keeps on hanging out with Sophie Turner. Yeah, I talked about her on here a couple times on the podcast. It's been interesting ever since Sophie um, got divorced from Joe Jonas. It seems as if her, her and Taylor are, like, inseparable now. It's just, like, uh, funny how that worked out. And, yeah, it's just interesting that she, Sophie was also part of this uh, Sunday Night Football uh, Taylor Swift crew. Um. Uh, yeah, speaking of that crew, sorry, I paused there for a second. But yeah, Sabrina Carpenter was also in attendance. I I talked about her in the sports episode, but I'll talk about her now. Of course, she she first like rose to fame on Disney Channel on the Boy Meets World spinoff show, Girl Meets World. And uh, yeah, I mean from from that that first episode of Girl Meets World, uh, we could all tell she was gonna be a superstar. Uh, following. Girl Meets World ending. She she's gone on to have like a, a great music career. Uh she's opened um a couple of the, the Eras Tour shows for Taylor and I think she's gonna open a couple more of them. But yeah, it's also it was also cool to see Sabrina uh part of that crew as well. Like what I thought uh, of seeing Sabrina there too. It's just crazy to think about. And with that said, speaking of uh Sabrina Carpenter, now I want to talk a little bit about Olivia Rodrigo. Of course, I think it's a perfect segue. Um, if, if you if you follow Olivia and and Sabrina, you know what I'm about to say. If you don't, here you go. So basically, like I said, Sabrina Carpenter, she comes from Disney Channel. Olivia Rodrigo, she first rose to fame on Disney Channel. Uh, she was on High School Musical, the musical, the series, um, starring alongside Joshua Bassett. And Olivia and Joshua um, formed a, a romantic relationship during the filming of the first season of that show, and then and then ultimately Olivia wrote a, a song, uh, kind of referencing to Joshua leaving her for a, a small a short blonde girl, and it turned out that that short blonde girl is Sabrina Carpenter. Um, and how does that relate to Taylor Swift? So Olivia's original idol. And someone she would always praise when she started her music career was Taylor Swift. And then in recent times, it seems as if um, the two have had kind of a, a a fight going on or a rift going on. As so, it's kind of interesting. Um, it was it was crazy. It was definitely headline grabbing, and it just goes to the PR uh, and marketing genius that Taylor is when she announced that Sabrina Carpenter would be opening some shows. It just got everyone talking about like that whole Olivia feud again it really fired that whole feud up and then um some interesting stuff has occurred um as a, in, in recent time um so throughout the coming back to this podcast journey I've talked about my love and the way I keep up with blind items 
for those of you that don't know, blind items are basically alleged secrets about celebrities that are not really made public. And like I said, they're alleged. Um, the blind item king is NT Lawyer. His website is crazydaysandnights.net. I'll make sure to put the link in the description. So make sure to check out the description if you guys want to check out NT's website and uh, read some more blind items. But basically, in recent time, NT kind of put out a blind item. And he I did hear him confirm it because uh, I'm subscribed to his uh, podcast. He did confirm it recently. Uh, so uh, Olivia is uh, starting in February, uh, I think in 2024. Yeah, She's going to go on a, on a world tour. For her new album, uh, Guts. It's called the Guts uh, World Tour. And basically, NC put out a blind item. Like I said, he recently confirmed that Olivia actually offered the opening the opening act of that world tour to Demi Lovato. And Demi allegedly turned down that offer. Um, so it's just incredible how Taylor <laughs> handpicked Sabrina, who, of course, is not a friend of Olivia. And then Olivia goes and tries to get Demi to open for her. How does that r relate to each other? Demi, of course, another Disney Channel girl. She was uh, very close friends with Selena Gomez for a long time. Selena's also very close to Taylor Swift. Over the years, Selena and Demi uh, uh, kind of had, had a, a falling out um, of their friendship. And that also turned into Demi and Taylor having a falling out. So I just think it's incredible how how these two superstars, one, of course, has been in it longer in Taylor, and then one just at the start of her career in Olivia, how they're, like, feuding, how they're both kind of inspired by each other. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy how they're feuding because, like, I think uh, all this information I just said shows, like, how similar they are, not just as as superstars and, and singers and everything, like, it's just incredible how they it kind of seems like they, they think I like they have like similar minds. So that might have been a lot of information, but I just felt it was like so interesting. And I had to mention it here on the podcast. And like I said, if any of you guys would be interested in checking out more blind items, I'm going to put the link to NT Lawyers website in the description. It's crazydaysandnights.net. But yeah, that was um some Taylor Swift talk for you, along with some uh some Olivia Rodrigo, Sabrina Carpenter, Demi Lovato, feud, rumors, blind item within it as well. But yeah, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this uh, portion of the podcast. All right, guys. So on the next portion of today's show, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Pete Davidson. Uh, going to trying to give like a an update as to what's been going on with Pete um, as of late since I uh, last talked about him on last week's episode. Um, last week, of course, I talked about his new relationship with Madeline Klein, the star from uh, Star of Outer Banks. And now there's more news with Pete. Actually, Wednesday afternoon, it was announced that Saturday Night Live season 49 will be having its first episode back since the writer's strike ended on October 14th, and Pete will be hosting. So he'll be turning, be returning to his roots uh, of being on SNL. And I'm just super excited that he's going to have this opportunity to come back to the show, especially after everything he's gone through in the last couple months. Of course, he, um, because uh, it's, yeah, it sucks. He had an incident where he actually 
drove his car into a house. He ended up going to rehab in Florida here for a couple months. And then after that, he's gotten back into stand-up comedy. Did a couple shows here in Miami, in the Miami area. And he also now has been going around doing some shows with John Mulaney, with uh, John Stewart. But, yeah, so, like I said, he's going to be hosting SNL on October 14th. And uh, the musical guest for his episode will be I Spice. Uh, but with that said, uh, I actually have a message here that Pete, so Pete doesn't have a uh, social media, but whenever he wants to get like a message out there, he has one of his friends, Dave, it's either pronounced Dave Cyrus or Dave Cyrus. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. So sorry about that. But it's D-A-V-E-S-I-R-U-S for those of you that want to check out his account. That's one of Pete's best friends. So Pete posted on Dave's story. And he wrote, I'm back for one week only. But if unemployment asked, I was fired. So I thought I would share that on here. So classic Pete Davidson right there. But yeah, no, I'm very excited and pumped up to see him on SNL on October 14th. Can't wait to see that. And with that said, I also want to, of course, you know, I'm a blind item guy. A blind item did come out recently. It came out on September 25th. So Monday, September 25th. Um. Remember, like I said, I always say with these blind items, they're alleged. I'm not saying they're true. Obviously, I don't know if they're true, and I'm not trying to make up anything about anyone, and I don't write these as well. That I will get that out there. Once again, these blind items come from NT Lawyer, and the website is crazydaysandnights.net. So, yeah, this blind item is from Monday, September 25th. It says, this A-list comedian who can't stay single and is addicted to the rush of new love was spotted drinking after one of his shows this weekend. I thought he was supposed to be sober. So that blind is allegedly about Pete Davidson. Of course, my thoughts on it, if it is true, uh, it's sad to hear because, like I said, he did. He is coming off a recent long, long-term long stint at a rehab facility uh, in Florida, and it seemed that he was doing better and much happier um, as he left. Like I said, he left the rehab facility and got back into stand-up comedy. So I'm hoping that uh, that blind item is not true because I don't want Pete to fall down another rabbit hole, especially after he just finished getting some help. So I'm hoping that blind item is not true, but regardless of what I hope or not, I wanted to share that on here um, because like I said, uh, I do love blind items and keep up with them on a daily basis. So I want to make sure to emphasize that on this podcast so that when you guys tune in, you you know that I'm going to read at least a couple blind items in these uh, entertainment episodes. But yeah, that, this uh, portion or this segment of the show was much shorter than my previous ones, but um, I just wanted to make sure to give an update on Pete Davidson, uh, not only because I'm a huge fan, but also because some like cool information. And like I said, he'll be on SNL on October 14th, so make sure to check out Pete um, as he returns to the SNL um, stage there in, uh, in New York City. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this segment of the podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's entertainment episode of the Flame Entertainment and Sports. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, all the topics on today's show, Dancing with the Stars, Taylor Swift, and of course, Pete Davidson, the final topic of, of the podcast today. Make sure to keep up with us and follow us on Instagram at the flame underscore ES on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Rob Gal. That's R-O-B-C-A-O. Once again, I want to give another shout out to all the Swifties out there. 
for all the love they've shown us here on our Instagram at the flame underscore ES. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to stay tuned and locked in here at the Flame Entertainment and Sports as we have two episodes per week, sports on Tuesday, entertainment on Thursdays. Of course, this was an entertainment uh, edition of the podcast. And yeah, if you, if you guys think you know anyone who'd be interested in hearing about any of these topics that covered on today's show, please make sure to share it with them. I'd really appreciate it. If you guys want to give me your feedback or thoughts on any of these topics, I would love to hear from you all. And, and yeah, I just really appreciate the love and support and all of you who have been tuning in and, and everything like that. It it really means a lot. And, and yeah, it pushes me to to want to do this even more and to, to go harder. You know what I mean? But with all that said, once again, thank you all for thank you all for tuning into today's show. Until next time, everyone, take care.